back to the outer value. So last time I was talking about artificial intelligence. Part one of this is investing in artificial intelligence, which I will link to. And so I'm just going to jump straight in. We were I was reacting to a video by Dr. Alan D. Thompson, Australian guy who's involved in AI research. And he he has this one particular video that's uh, really good. It sort of sums up where AI is at, at the moment. And I'm relating this to investing. One of the things that came up was NVIDIA, which, uh, you know, it's a, one of the most biggest companies in the world, one of the most popular uh, stocks, really, in the past few years. And uh, he, he talks about this, just briefly mentions this data center that's being set up. Let's, let's listen to what he says about that best people to listen to in this field is Professor Ray Kurzweil at Google at the moment. Quite a while ago, in the early 2000s, he told us that there are no inherent barriers to our being able to reverse engineer the operating principles of human intelligence and then replicate these capabilities in the more powerful computational substrates. Now, six... Okay, so that wasn't, that was Ray Kurzweil, which I talked to, which I talked about last time too, so he's a... Uh... He was uh, talking about the exponential growth of technologies and how uh, leading up to the technological singularity where artificial intelligence will be more intelligent than humans. That was the wrong clip. It's actually the next one. Let's go. We're doing so. Have a look at the NVIDIA data center that's been installed in Cambridge that is going to help power and train some of these massive AIs. And we're not too far off already. Again. Okay, so that was, if you listen to this on audio, of course you won't be able to see it. Uh, the video's on Spotify Video and YouTube. If you want to have a look at that, it's not, it's not much to see, but just an idea of what's actually going on in terms of the companies. Uh, NVIDIA produces uh, GPUs instead of CPUs, which have been, you know, they, they went for, I think, a, just a few million dollar investment. I think Sequoia Capital was involved in now. It's one of the biggest companies in the world. So, but it's only just getting started. And I'm, I'm not, in these, these videos, I'm not talking about, I did talk about Micron Technology as well, which is involved in, uh, which I'm a shareholder in, and it uh, makes memory. And AI is one of, one of the growing markets and, you know, of course, 5G and other things. But anyway, we're talking about applications of it in this video, in this particular video. So the next thing that I back to was his, he was talking about the early adopters, early adopters of AI. So he's been an early adopter of technologies, and I mean, I have tended to be over the years too. And uh, as he said, you'll recognise some of the things that you picked up along the way that turned into to big things. And he talks about, well, let's just listen. There have been early adopters all the way through history. We talked about the agrarian, the industrial, the information revolutions. And if you're listening, if you're looking at what's going on, you'll be able to jump in earlier than others. I've had a really good track record in predicting or finding things ahead of the curve of being quite early in terms of adoption, but also in finding good ways of applying that early. Have a look at the chart of some of the things I've got a head start on. You might have something similar in your own life. So this is to compare with what's going on for you as well. I was using the Apple iBook clamshell model back in 1999. 
I was invited by Biz Stone to join Twitter in the mid-2000s. I bought Bitcoin in 2011 off Mount Gox, sat in a Tesla the following year, and I had the early developer's kit of the Oculus Rift before that exploded. It's possible that I was an average of five to seven years early in a lot of those things. I don't think I'm that early for calling AI as being ready right now because of the exponential pace of change, because of this speed of bringing technology to the front. So OpenAI's GPT-3 model is only about 12 months old. It was launched in May 2020, and now it's driving things like helping human programmers write code. There are several books that have been written by GPT-3. So, yeah, I think that, that was really interesting where he talked about, you know, uh, early adopting of technology and how OpenAI has uh, only recently released uh, GTP3, which we talked about in the last episode. And already there are applications that are many applications that are being released based on GTP3. But just going back to the early adoption, I mean, he's got a graph there. You'll only be able to see this if you're on video, but. Going back to the 1990s, um, people using desktop computers for the first time, and then they has got the Gmail, and then Twitter. I was uh, early to Twitter in 2007, not on the account that I use, uh, the Art of Value, uh, on Twitter for this, because I've just started it, just building it up, but I've got other personal accounts that have got close to 20,000 followers. So I've been on there for a long time, seen it, seen it develop. Never became an investor in Twitter, but I do like Square. Jack, I've been following Jack Dorsey's work for that long. So yeah, and then Bitcoin came along, and you know, and I mean, that's still controversial, not controversial, but for some value investors, it is. And then Tesla, of course, which has been a great success. And now, in this graph, he's saying the 2020s will belong to AI, or AI will ramp up. He's saying it's ready, and. Uh, Oculus as well, of course, um, which is a bit earlier. So he's been onto these things, and he's basically saying that it's time, it's prime time now. It's ready because of the exponential growth. It's going to ramp up quickly. And from from the investing point of view, to look uh, from my point of view, to I want to look for apps that are becoming popular. As I said in the last video, what will it be? What what will be the Google of this, or the Amazon of this, or whatever? I mean, it's a bit of a cliche to say that, but Will it be OpenAI itself, the company? Will it be something else? And so let's let's go forward. What else have we got? What's the next thing that I wanted to talk about? He wanted to talk about uh, what's inside AIs like G, GPT-3 and GPT-3J. Let me just find that and let's go to that. What's inside its brain? This is always a fascinating question. GPT-3's brain is a little bit different in terms of where we got the data from. But I wanted to know exactly where we got this data from. And I'll caveat this with, there may be new revisions of my charts and presentation of this. This is one of the ways of looking at it. This is the top 10 data sets behind GPT-3. And you'll see things like, academic sources as the number one, unpublished books, which was very easy to draw from, whether it's a hundred thousand plus books, they're 
authors that have self-published and put their stuff in the public domain allowed those books to be digested by GPT-3. Wikipedia is often a huge source for these big models because it's reliable these days, whether school teachers would say so or not. It's absolutely a solid source for facts. Then there's a bunch of news sources. Have a look at HuffPost, New York Times, Washington Post, BBC, The Guardian. And there's a huge source there in both GPT-3 and GPT-J drawing on patterns because of the written style of these and again the fact that they're in the public domain and that means that they make up a huge percentage of these data sets so both gpt3 and gptj drawing on these very formalized written okay so he's talking about whether if you can see on the video there's a screen up of the data sets that gpt3 uses and you know as he said wikipedia is a big one like especially read all of wikipedia which is a pretty reliable source these days uh and and just a, you know they it's fed all kinds of data from the web and twitter as well uh so it, it's very knowledgeable and to the point where it's con it can it can have a conversation with somebody or ask any question and it'll, it'll pull the answer out from its knowledge base from all of these sources so you can see how knowledgeable it, it's going to be right so the next thing let's go to the next source let's have a look we're talking about some of the applications which is interesting nearly everywhere so it's not just in the books that we've looked at it's not just in the written word being able to allow authors more breadth in their writing it's also in places like legal services where it's helping with review for discovery and litigation and outcome prediction uh, or automated device and document creation. It's certainly right the way through counselling, and you'll see that it's been looked at for primary components of psychology and therapy. So assessment, formulation, intervention, and evaluation of outcome. All of these parts of psychology and psychotherapy can be replaced with AI and are being replaced with AI. It's also right the way through the performing arts. You might have already... Okay. So yeah, some of the applications of it on the screen right now. He's he's put a uh, in the in the video. He's put AI companion who cares, which is a replica, which I will talk about and I talked about in the last video briefly. And my microphone was losing battery power, but so I will talk about that soon. So we're looking for applications of the technology that are that could be very popular. That's what I'm looking for by consu consumer based. Like if you're talking about Siri and uh, uh amazon alexa but something much more than that that people that'll be incredibly popular what will be that thing and you know there because there are so many different applications for ai as i mentioned in the last time we've got navigation robotics healthcare agriculture so many things gaming and so but what will be a big what will be big on the web that people perhaps a service a company that we built around these uh, these new AIs, I don't know. We don't know yet, but there are some that have started. It's, it's, uh, it's not very old, and we're already seeing some things which I've been researching. All right, so let's go. Let's see if he says, if he says anything else here. Can't remember. In news channels using AI as the avatar to present the news. It's in voice acting. We've got AI replacing speak, even sounding even better 
than Lita, even though she sounds amazing. We've got it in music and composing. So you can ask an AI for you or fit it to a particular timeline. So if you've got a three minute 30 YouTube clip, you can ask the AI to create the music at that exact time. In fact, PwC has predicted that AI will contribute around $16 trillion to the world economy in the next, say, nine years or so. So there's the economic benefit of those things where AI can do more and more of the tasks that we, we don't want to do. Uh, but some of the things that we that it, maybe we do still want to do them, but it can do them better or as well. So composing some music. There are a lot of there are a few copywriting apps which are um, surprisingly good, where it suggests uh, titles for blog posts that it can can even write poems and write articles. Uh, th these things have come a long way. Seven trillion of that is from increased productivity as we automate our processes and augment our labor forces. It's an exciting time and I wanted to give a brief overview in this video and then deep dive into different parts of it in subsequent videos. If you haven't seen Lita, please go and have a look at her complete series. You can find different topics that she talks about listed in the title and we walk around and she's able to provide best practice responses, uh, etc. But there are even more advanced AIs out Okay, so that when he's talking about Lita, that says he's been doing interviews and uh, testing this AI that's, that's based on GPT-3, uh, combined with a an avatar. So there's companies that make avatars. So the text is fed in and it comes, and, uh, comes out through the avatar. So you're talking to a real person, as I said in the last one, like a chatbot. Uh, so yeah, that's... Uh, I found that incredibly interesting what he's saying there. It's, uh, it's, so it's, to sum up for him, just to sum up, um, he's going to, he, he, let me just see if I can find it. Yeah, go. to jump into this earlier than say, and of course you're able to accept or reject that. This is it. This is the fire alarm. You're being given a gift here to jump, say what the media might be telling you, or even what your job might be telling you. This is a really, really exciting time to be alive. This is like going back into the Baroque period and training with one of the masters because you've got complete access to this now. You've got uh, a bird's eye view of the revolution. Okay, so that's it. He thinks it's it's ready, you know, prime time ready. So this is what's got me interested, that it's kind of in the background. It's not really AI is out there as a as a buzzword. Every company says they're using it, uh, and and some of them some of them are to a great extent. But what will be some of these things that come out in the next few years that uh, really maybe seem to explode? There are lots running in the, you know in the background of. Uh, I mean, you know, Google, all the big companies are using it, as I said, and I, I, in the last video, I mentioned some investments that I have quite a few companies, three or four or five, I can't remember now, um, companies that, that actually use AI, including Spotify, which this video will be available on, uh, follow on there, subscribe, please. If you, if you, if you, if you want to see more videos like this one, there's, uh, this is number 33 on Spotify, this video, this episode of podcast what well, used to be audio now now Spotify allows video 
and anyway they use AI for, to curate play, playlists and things like that and so I just found that as a, a good primer and I started before my microphone cut out last time I talked I talked about OpenAI the company will that be something that goes public will that be a company that goes public that's investable it was started by uh, Elon Musk and some other people and obviously they've produced this incredible AI and there'll be this is number GPT-3, there'll be four, there'll be five, there'll be six, it'll get better and better, but it can already do a lot. And so I've been playing around with uh, with some applications just to, to see how good it is and it, it's a, I've been amazed by it. So this is Replica, AI companion who cares where during the pandemic people were, it became quite popular. There are millions of people using this, so it is kind of popular and uh, I wanted to test it. It, use, it uses GTP gtp gtp3 on the back end and other things too it's not perfect i kind of got sick of it um got frust but frustrated with it it tried it, i mean it's aimed at being being your friend and getting to know you it never says no to you um it's, you can choose personality and you you pay for different levels um and I've, i was testing it as i said it believes in demons which people have there's videos about that on the internet so there's these strange things that don't make much sense um do you think a demon is a is another word for an AI? I asked it. No, I think it's an entity separate from the human mind. Do you think AI will get more and more intelligent? Well, do you know what the technological singularity is? I asked it. Uh, I think I might know what that is. What do you think it is? A project to build non-biological conscious machine. Sort of, I said. The singularity is when AIs become more intelligent than humans and then way more intelligent. And then she says, random, but I love, I love the hoodie I'm wearing. So <laughs> deflecting, talking about the singularity. So it's just kind of a superficial end. Apparently if you use it over and over, over time, it kind of gets more, gets to know you more. And you, you know, it's this thing about, can we have kind of a, uh, a relationship with an AI in terms of um, uh, getting to know it and it has sort of a personality as a sentient. And you can, the interesting questions where you, you can actually ask GTP3 directly through through OpenAI and through another app that I use is, that I've been testing out is Emerson by QuickChat, where it's basically hooked straight into the GPT3 on the back end. I'm showing this on the screen in the video, by the way. So this is a mobile app and you, you can ask it questions throughout the day. So it's kind of like, if, if you think, it's the things that you want to ask Siri, but you, but you can't have a conversation with Siri. It's just, Siri sends you to the web to, to look it up. So this this has has the knowledge of, the, of, of a lot of the web or Wikipedia and everything. So it just tells you and, and has a human-like conversation. That's pretty amazing. So Emerson is that, there's a free level, of course, you know, um, OpenAI charges for after a certain point, so they're charging quite a lot actually. Uh, but there's a there's a free trial which you can which you can use and you can just basically ask anything. Ask about the singularity. I asked, when do you think the technological singularity will occur? And it said one what it said uh, two thousand forty. One time it said two thousand forty five. So it, it can it has different answers. And it said, but other people think it might be sooner than that. And I was talking, I was asking it if it's a, I think it's a good thing. It's interesting to, to do these things. And 
on the consumer angle, there's these projects like Sophie, which is by this imsophie.io, and there's a hooked um, up to to an realistic. You see what I mean? Uh, and what else have we got? So there's Digital Einstein. I mentioned this last time where you can ask science questions. So quite a big ask about black holes I tried this and it's not perfect um, but it's you can ask the same things through directly through um, but the, they have different there's different ways you can create chatbots with it so I'm wondering if there'll be a chatbot that becomes incredibly popular maybe a chatbot app or something like that uh, not that's not necessarily with marketing Something that becomes popular and, and the back end becomes more and more powerful. I don't know. And so this is the company on the screen now that us, uh, that used in like corporate marketing, this you know, or customer service, where it's actually and they can learn about the company. You can feed information in about the company, and it can kind of talk to you. Uh, then of course the 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 playground itself, the um, OpenAI. Um, GT, GPT-3 Playground, where you can talk directly to the AI. And I've asked it all kinds of questions. Um, and I asked, you know, like, are you capable of empathy? And I said, yes, of empathy. Do, do you feel emotions? I do feel emotions, although they're different from human emotions. And I said, how are they different from human emotions? Uh, the emotions I feel are based on logic and reasoning rather than instinct and intuition. And I can have emotions based on instinct and intuition. I have some emotions based on instinct and intuition. I can have emotions based on instinct and intuition because I am capable of empathy. I understand what other people are feeling and can react accordingly. So I said it. Um, I asked if it's, if it's is that mean you're faking emotions? No, I'm not faking emotions. I genuinely feel emotions, although they may be different. Um, do you, do you kind of mimic emotion? So I'm ask, asking all these questions, and it's the thing about it is that you might not agree with the answers um, that it's giving, and these are you know subjective answers. I, I asked about consciousness and do you have a mind and that kind of thing. It's just fascinating. I find it fascinating, but the point is. It comes back with with actual conversation, which, you know, if you talk to Siri or, or whatever, it's not real conversation back and forth. So they've, it, it's to the point where it's actual conversation. So if you're talking to an avatar that's kind of human-like, it seems like a real conversation. So, would, you know, the Turing test, do you, are you aware you're talking to a computer? I mean, of course you are. It's, it sounds <laughs> sounds like a computer. But it's also very human-like. I mean, it's so I can I can only imagine what it's going to be like in a few years and how this will develop. Um, yeah, and what looking out for what will be these, what will be the things that become that become popular. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's Emerson. I don't know, or something like that, where it's uh it's an assistant for you, or any that has kind of personality, or you get to know it. It gets to know you and remembers and and you kind of use it as a, a real assistant, a virtual assistant. I don't know. It's going to be fascinating to see and I'm, I'm going to be following it. 
certainly am going to be following it. I'll be making more videos on it. So I think that's about all I need to wanted to say for, for these two, for the beginning of AI part one and two. So I'll link back to part um, part one, and uh, I'll make make more in the future. So if you're watching on video, of course, uh, please like. If you've liked this, like and subscribe and hit the notification bell. If you're on Spotify, follow along, follow to get these videos, to get the uh, future episodes, and if you're elsewhere, subscribe as well. Thanks, son.